Okay. Happy October, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> you just said- I did, but it wasn't recording. <laughs> oh, happy October. Happy October, Kyle. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Uh, anyways, I'm excited for this month's podcast because we have a lot of great things to talk about. Um, we, do. we are talking primarily about teamwork. Absolutely. Teams and the value in teams. And really that, you know, my favorite expression, there's no I in team, but we hear, we talk a lot about teams. Um, You know, when we talk about culture, we talk about uh, clubs and and organizations and the value in that. So, you know, I have to say that we have, we're very lucky because we have a pretty great team here at CMA. Absolutely. and so I know how important that is for clubs to have a great team as well. Yep. it's. I mean, it's vital to the operation. And if everybody isn't pulling together, things can become very, very difficult. Um, so having that, you know, really well-rounded, well-oiled machine type feeling with your team is pretty important. Or you know you can count on each other to, to help out where, you're, where it's needed. Um, so this month... We are thrilled to have um, Mark Beto, MCMCCE, on the podcast, and he is sharing with us his uh, Master Club Manager monograph um, about integrated teams, and he talks a little bit about how that idea was developed out of his personal experience and then how he's implemented working with integrated teams at his current position at Myers Park Country Club. And then we are talking to... Um, Brandon Johnson at Farmington Country Club about his idea from the Idea Fair this past year um, called Box of Ideas. And Literally a box <laughs> of ideas. Box I of love ideas. It. It's I fantastic. It. Um, but it's a really great opportunity and he shares a little bit more about it. But it gives uh, gives the opportunity for his team to have a voice and speak up and make suggestions. So we're excited to share that with you as well. Absolutely. Mark Beto, MCM CCE, is the General Manager, Chief Operating Officer of Myers Park Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. He earned his Master Club Manager designation in 2012. His full monograph is entitled Integrated Team Management Within the Private Club Industry. We are so glad to have Mark here with us today. Now that we've got the business out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we'll get started on this interview. Um, okay. Well, Perfect. we're going to chat about your monograph and, and then we'll probably just let you go from there and see what, see what comes of this conversation. But to get started, uh, why don't you share a little bit with us about your history in the club industry? Sure. Well, first of all, what an honor. Are we, are we recording now? We are. Yeah, can I start? <laughs> okay. We'll start now. What an, first of all, it's an honor to be a part of the podcast series. I'm a big proponent of, of the podcast, and you've had some outstanding speakers. Thank you for including me in, in this process and the, the work with uh, Melissa and Cal, who have been nothing but all-stars for our association. I'm so glad uh, that you included me in this, and uh, hopefully we'll get some, some listeners who might have an aha moment, but uh, I'm glad that you included me. looking forward to it. So you asked about my career it's a little bit different than most. It's not a path well traveled. Most people come from either the front of the house or the back of the house. I came from the back office. Uh, I worked for an accounting firm for about six years and uh, did a number of clubs uh, in the Pittsburgh area. And once they realized they were paying me this outrageous 
consulting fee to the accounting firm. They decided to hire me full time. And uh, Oakmont Country Club, just outside of Pittsburgh, hired me to help them with their U.S. Opens back in the mid-'90s and worked for them for about four years. I was very fortunate to work with a great mentor by the name of Pat LaRocca, who really introduced me to CMA and uh, the CCM and uh, all, all those wonderful things that we know so much about, and also worked with a great pro, Bob Ford, and also Mark Coon, superintendent. I learned a lot about the club business. Pat decided to leave Oakmont and go to Muirfield Village, and I got an opportunity to be a general manager uh, in the Pittsburgh area, uh, a place called Wildwood Golf Club, and my career really progressed. But CMA really gave me the tools to be successful in my in my journey. And, uh, uh, all I knew was really about uh, the financial end, and it really helped me develop my skill set uh, as a general manager at Wildwood. Later on, moved to a place called Country Club of Peoria, Peoria, Illinois, then later to Kansas City Country Club uh, in Kansas, and then most recently, over the past three years, I've been here at Myers Park Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Well, you have a storied history in the industry, that's for sure. And I find it interesting um, that you came from sort of a non-traditional background and pathway to find your way to being a general manager. So I think that's pretty fascinating. And I'm actually curious if that background... um, has helped you in your role as a general manager, but more specifically, did it help you inspire, like, did it inspire you, I guess, to um, pick this topic, uh, integrated team management within the club industry as your monograph focus? Great question. I I really think what helped me develop my skill set as a professional was working for an accounting firm for uh, for six years. I worked for uh, Touche Ross, which is now, Known as Deloitte, and they really, really, really emphasize getting yourself out of your out of your uh, comfort zone and into your growth zone. They really believed in developing people. They spent a ton of time and energy into developing you. They always were trying to push you to get you better and extend yourself. Uh, they did a great job of uh, evaluating uh, your staff and evaluating the process and challenging the process to see what would be. Uh, doing better, how we could challenge uh, what we've done in the past, and never really settled for, for, for being average or being good. And they really wanted to go from good to great, which is probably one of the best lessons I learned from working uh, at the accounting firm and uh, what that development was all about. I think what helped me most about getting my uh, title or my study into integrated team management is what I learned at Oakmont, working with uh, – Pat LaRocca and Bob Ford and Mark Coons and how this club operated at a very high level and how Pat was one of the best conductors in the business of getting the most out of each department to provide a wonderful membership experience. And that, that's all I knew. I didn't know there was anything else. And I was blessed with, with that tutelage of, of, of Pat and, and Bob and, and Mark Coons at that time. Absolutely. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what integrated team management means to you and how, how would you define that? Sure. Most businesses, most successful businesses work together. They have one common goal. Uh, clubs, unfortunately, over time, because of you know different departments and different locations on a property, really develop silos. And I think part of it had to do with the management structure at one time. There used to be a three-legged stool where there'd be a, uh, a pro who uh, was just in charge of the uh, uh, of the golf shop. The superintendent was in charge of the golf of the golf course, and then the manager. And at one time, 
uh, I hate to use these terminologies, but uh, the, the pro was guarding the tie list. The superintendent was a was a grass chander, and the manager was a major D. And as we've developed our industry, first of all, it's so much more deeper than just golf in the clubhouse. There's there's fitness, there's tennis, there's the food and beverage operation. Um, there's so many more offerings, and the level of professionalism has really, really increase because of the demands of the membership. They want so much more and need so much more attention and their, their acceptance uh, is, uh, of mediocrity is, is, is no longer there that we need to continue to develop our skill set, not just the club manager or the club management, but everyone on the property. And we have now have real, real professionals who have really continued to push the envelope to be the very, very best. And in order for it to be successful, as a club, we need to be working together. Uh, at the end of the day, our, our members aren't paying dues to the golf shop. They're not paying dues to the tennis shop. They're not paying de- to dues to the fitness. They're paying dues to the club, to the facility. And we need to provide a unified product to the membership so that we're all on the same page and, and, and pulling together. For sure. Um, following on that, can you talk a little bit about how you've applied this concept at Myers Park? Sure. Great question. And it's anytime you have a change in concept, and my feeling at a club is we all have rules and responsibilities. I look at the, at the board uh, and the board's responsibilities for mission and vision, The uh, also for being a conduit to the membership, uh, being fiduciary responsibilities, but also evaluating the, the general manager or the CEO. But the day in and day out operation of the club is really should be vested in in, in the management team. They, they are the ones who have the skill set. Um, they're the ones who have the uh, the knowledge of how to run. They're the ones who are, are going to all the trainings. And I think it's important that we continue to uh, rely on committees that for, for advice and support by really push our, our management team to be the very best as it relates to responsibilities. We spent a lot of time evaluating uh, and getting buy-in from our board on uh, reducing the role of operations uh, of the staff, well, not, not the staff, but of the, uh, of the committee, so that our staff can perform at a high level. And I think the first thing was looking at those responsibilities and defining what the roles and responsibilities are and understanding it and making sure that everyone stays uh, to the best of their ability uh, within their lane so that we're all operating together. Absolutely. I mean, I think that says a lot about um... – looking to your staff to be the experts in their area and respecting their expertise in their area so that they can do their job most effectively and most efficiently. And, and, um, as you said, like reminding the committees that, you know, we're definitely here to listen to you and we appreciate your collaboration, but recognizing that, you know, the staff, this is their job, they're professionals. They understand the day in and day out, um, you know, maybe the nuances or subtleties that committee members don't always get because it's really easy to, look from the outside in and say, fix this, fix that, try this, try that. It's like, you know, okay, but no. (laughs) So I think that this concept speaks a lot to the respect that you have for your staff members and the professionalism and expertise that they bring to the table every day. You know, we're blessed here with a lot of talented individuals with a world-class master chef who gets gold medals on a national level, but also has a deep, deep passion for, for, for Myers Park and also for, providing membership experiences and uh, 
last thing I want to do is discuss at a committee level uh, what what the recipe is for our tuna salad or chicken salad. <laughs> right. uh, I try to stay away from those things. And you know, one, one of our challenges is is trying to find the right menu mix and getting mm-hmm. feedback from the membership. And uh, you know, they want healthier, they want locally grown, they want vegan, they want gluten free. <laughs> All the things that uh, we look for uh, at, at the restaurant, but our number one seller here at the club, at the end of the day, hamburgers. Not beyond burgers, <laughs> hamburgers. So, um, it's trying to balance that, balance it all out. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say club sandwich. But uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, with, with extra mayo. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's Melissa uh, hitting hard with the jokes. Sorry, um, Mark. You know, you talked about this this transition and kind of where the club industry has come from and, and, and how clubs are evolving and, and certainly the professionalism of all the individuals in there. So kind of taking um, what you learned through the MCM process and, and through the monograph and, and what you're doing every day, what is the low-hanging fruit for individuals out there who are perhaps in a club where there's still um, a lack of integration and those existing silos? What specific tools and ideas can you uh, provide them that would hopefully hopefully, um, improve their operations and their efficiency and make them more effective? Sure, great great question. I think there's a number number of things, and one of the most important things is a lack of understanding of what each other does, and sometimes we have to take our shoes off and walk around in their shoes, whether it's the superintendent or the chef or the uh, or the golf professional or the tennis pro and, and visiting their visiting their sites and seeing what they're doing and what some of their challenges are, not just for the general manager, but for all the managers to, to, to view what they're doing. Uh, we do meet weekly here, and we bring all department heads, all my direct reports together, and we talk about what's going on with the club and what our challenges are. But one thing that uh, we started with our board is what we call uh, business unit reviews, uh, where we have the food and beverage department give a half-hour presentation of what's going on with their departments, who's in their departments, uh, what are some of their challenges as it relates to their departments, what things they think they could go from what could take us from good to great, and we ask them to, to dream big. Uh, we do it at the board, and then we're starting to share that with uh, with our management team so that they can understand what each department is going through. We've gone through food and beverage. We've gone through fitness. We've gone through golf and grounds. We're going to do admin in the near future. And it helps the board understand. I think it's just as important for our, for our managers to understand that's, that's a program we're going to start along with our, uh, our regular management team. Solid. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like we've had other guests talk about implementing something similar to that business unit review. Um, I think it's a great technique to give your um, board and committees a chance to understand like I was saying earlier, the the nuances of what each of those departments deal with on a daily basis and what maybe some of their regular challenges are or things that they come up against and, and would like some input on solutions. Um, but I do think that that helps a lot with the broader understanding of the operation as a whole, for sure. You know, I, I think something else that we haven't, at clubs we haven't done, we're, we're a small cottage, cottage industry uh, with a lot of separate small divisions all over the country. And uh, we're blessed with having a president, a couple of Pathco presidents, who, who bankers who've worked for large financial institutions where they've really invested a lot into uh, leadership programs. We're about to endeavor. Uh, we did a cultural study uh, of our management team and our board to try to fully understand who we are and where we are. 
what's good and what's what needs to be worked on, but just as importantly, our aspirational. And we've done the Luminous Spark, and we've had uh, Sarah down here. But what happens, you do that one day, and boy, it's great ideas, and you walk away, and there's not much follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting uh, a program starting in a few weeks here where we're going off-site and really taking a deep dive and into who we are and who we want to be, how we can aspire. I think at times we have, we have pockets of greatness, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I'll be quite honest. But we, we do have we do have silos, and we need to continue to break those silos down. We have great people, but if we if we really want to go from good to great, these are some of the, some of the steps we need to take. And our board has decided to really invest into our culture of our management team, uh, into our club, and we're going to start that process. And I think the more things you could do. To, to to really put the mirror up to you, to to you at all and find out where your blind spots are and, and then to address them and uh, if you can't have those open and honest conversations you're not going to be successful. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we talked about that last month actually um, with Michael Wheeler when we discussed his um, monograph and talking about club culture and building club culture and um, you know we said that we've dealt with the same thing here at headquarters on staff where we've gone through the same exercises of developing our company culture and, and really taking a hard look at, you know, what, who do we want to be? How do we want to be? And what kinds of things do we want to aim for in, um, our interpersonal and internal and external, you know, relationships that we build with our members. Um, and that's a really important point that you've made. You know, you have to be able to hold that mirror up to yourself and say, am I who I want to be? And if I'm not, how do I get there? Um, it's that building that self-awareness and that's on an individual level as an, as well as an organizational level. And it can be a real challenge, but I think it's valuable to go through the process of, of looking at that and, and coming up with some, some aspirational goals. So that's great. If you're not doing that, you're not, you're not moving the needle as as Mm -hmm. far or as quickly as you can. And you talk about some of the tools, you know, one thing we do is that we do have, uh, we have club goals, we have committee goals, and all those goals line up with our manager goals and our department goals. And we go over them, we develop them at the beginning of the year, and we measure them, and we hold people accountable to them. And at times, we, you know, we have some very high-performing people, but there's things that, uh, you know, that they need to work on. And the same thing with me. And, you know, I, I get uh, uh, evaluations. Uh, I get a uh, six-month end and a year-end one. And just as I sometimes I have hard conversations or, or conversations with our management team, the more of them conversations with me, things I need to, to work on, things I need to improve. Because as a board, it's your responsibility to do. That's one of the main responsibilities to do it. I'd rather have that conversation than about chicken salad <laughs> or about tuna salad. Yes. Uh, how can I be better as a leader? Because we all have blind spots. And that's just one of the most important things as a, as a general manager of a club. I need to do with our, our department heads. And I hope they're doing it with, with, their, with, their, with their direct reports just as the board does with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting how many, how many club managers don't get evaluations. <laughs> you know, they, they get a raise every year and get a bonus every year, but there, there's, there's no evaluation. There's no written evaluation. And um, how, how do you challenge yourself? How do you see your blind spots? Totally. And believe me, I have, a lot, I have a lot of blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't think so, ask my kids. <laughs> ah, well, that's a biased opinion. Nothing like your children to point it out, right? <laughs> All awesome. Melissa, do you have any other questions for Mark? I don't. I don't either. 
I think that was great. (laughs) Well, Mark, do you have any questions for us or anything else that you haven't discussed that you wanted to share? Any (laughs) knowledge bombs that you want to drop? Knowledge bombs? Well, I'll be sharing a lot lot of those things uh, over the next 12 or 18 months. (laughs) I I, I just want to keep reiterating how important it is to to do these podcasts, how great they are. I I enjoy listening to, to the work you guys do. I, I enjoy working with the national staff. We are blessed as members to have such a hardworking group of people. Um, you guys always bring a smile to my face and realize uh, the tasks that you have to do. You know, we only have 1,100 members here. You guys have 6,600 members, uh, 6,700 members uh, with all different wants and needs and uh, different perspectives and different people along along the way of their journey from, from brand-new students to uh, – uh, the, the gentlemen or ladies who are, who are getting a little older, such as myself, and trying to deal with with all those different cultures, we appreciate what you got. What you guys do at National Office, and I uh, continue. I always enjoy uh, my relationship, both in a personal and a professional relationship with National. We are blessed with one of the best associations, and uh, looking forward to continuing working with you guys. And uh, thank you for letting me do it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for those kind words, Mark. And we're yeah. lucky to get to work with professionals such as yourself. Absolutely, and we look forward to having you back in March um, mm-hmm. as our as our chairman. Once you once you officially take the reins, um, we'll be having you back to talk about the association and and your goals and what you look forward to doing next year. And well, that's when we'll ask the hard well, hard hitting questions. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you can start you preparing now. Would, uh, oh, I, I tell you, every day I think about what, what, where it's coming from next. <laughs> in, in reality, is we. we it's funny becoming the chairman. I'll share the story probably a little bit more. Is I sat in the audience for 20 plus years with with Richard LaRocca and Pat LaRocca and Jim Muldowney and stared up at the stage at at a wonderful leadership and how cool they were. And I remember when J.J. Wagner was the chairman or the president. I thought he was the coolest guy. I still think he's the coolest guy. But he's up there and had it all together, and he's from Bel Air Country Club, and he has no idea what we deal with as it relates to chicken salad and tuna salad and uh, the bridge ladies. And about an hour later, I'm down in the phone bank. This is before we had everyone had cell phones, and I was taking the heat from, from somebody. And two phones down from me was my good friend J.J. Wagner catching heck from some, some member about an orientation that he wasn't at, and he was doing the same thing we do. And at the end of the day, we are club managers. Uh, we're not – Anything else, but we're club bands and we're trying to provide wonderful experiences. And, um, and I, I'll take my good friend Randy Reuter's advice to me most recently as I asked him what thing I need to keep in mind as I go through my, my, my journey as chairman is that we're, we're here just to give the message and give a positive message of CMAA. And that's, I'm so proud to do that. Well, we're lucky to have you guys for sure. For Absolutely. sure. <laughs> <laughs> It is time for our announcements, announcements, announcements. So don't forget to renew your CMA membership for 2020 by October 31st. That is literally coming up. Days away. Days. Yeah, like 13 days from today. So (laughs) um, it's been a really busy year for CMA. We've expanded our member communities and resources, and even more is planned as we head into 2020. So your 2020 national renewal should already be in your mailbox. So please uh, submit that with your check. 
If you prefer to renew online, head straight to cma.org and get started now through the online renewal service. You just need to have your email address and your password ready. Your membership does expire on the 31st, so don't wait. Don't wait. It's coming Listen to up. the rest of the podcast <laughs> and then log in. Exactly. renew. <laughs> All right. And we are also excited to share that we have some new white papers going up online. Um, Your Club and the Law is a resource that was originally pushed out in 2005, and we are in the process of updating that and making it a little bit more consumable uh, for you on a regular basis. Um, so this part of your club and the law that is available now is called the club and its employees. And this provides guidance on the various legal concerns a club manager needs to be aware of regarding employment law, which as you can imagine is very complicated and can feel super overwhelming. Uh, You can access chapter one, which covers the employer employee relationship and chapter two, hiring the employee on CMAA connect, which is our new online private professional networking community. Um, And you can also find that through our research portal um, as well. If you have any questions about this resource or our online community, you know, please let us know and make sure you log in to connect at connect.cmaa.org today and get started with the conversation. Well, we're very excited today for our Idea Fair interview to have Brandon Johnson, the clubhouse manager at Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, Virginia, with us to talk about a really cool idea. So, Brandon, tell us about this idea. Yeah, so it's uh, called Box Full of Ideas. So, uh, basically, one of our assistant managers, uh, Tatum Howe, I'll have to give her credit uh, for for coming up with this idea. She's actually going to be leaving us shortly. She's going to Cherry Hills Country Club in Denver. Uh, She's just graduating her program after being here for about three and a half years. Uh, She's going to go there as their food and beverage manager. So she's the one that came up with this idea. But uh, basically, it was a a forum or opportunity for our grill team to give their feedback and uh, basically opinions and ideas um, you know, just as our members do through, uh, through comment cards. So we offered a, a comment box or set one up in the grill manager's office. And basically any, uh, any type of ideas that they had, uh, gave them a, a safe place where they could put it, they could put their name or it could be anonymous. Um, and then it just allowed really, again, the right time and place for these ideas. Um, you know, given that fast paced restaurant environment where you don't always have that time to get the one-on-one, uh, you know, time together. So how, how did the idea become a reality? Yeah, so it was really, uh, it's pretty straightforward. So uh, Tatum put a proposal together uh, for the grill manager, uh, to the grill manager. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure it was something we were committed to doing, not something that we did for just a month and sort of let it uh, go by the wayside. So we wanted to make sure she was committed and had her put a proposal together, um, you know, use the communication box, uh, made sure we had the appropriate box location for it, uh, in the, in the right actual, uh, card for the staff to fill out and, and put their ideas on. We wanted to make sure that looked right. And then, um, you know, the ideas, uh, really from, for the restaurant chef and, uh, the grill management team just started flowing after that. And obviously we used the staff lineups to make sure staff, you know, knew about the idea box. And, uh, you know, again, from there, it just, it, it started flowing. 
That's awesome. So how has the feedback been then from the staff now having this opportunity to sort of voice their opinions and their thoughts? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily um, advertise it to the staff, um, but when uh, members, you know, when when they passed on feedback you know, that, or ideas that they had, you know, it was a good time for staff uh, to describe the idea box. And I know the members were pleased to know not only did they as members have a way through their our comment card boxes across the club, but the staff also had similar ways to pass on their ideas or to communicate um, you know, any, any feedback that they had. That's awesome. Um, and have there been any challenges in implementing something like this? I mean, I can imagine when you open up the, the gates for feedback, sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative, but have there been any challenges in this process? Uh, always. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, not being able to realistically move forward with each idea, um, as you can imagine, um, we have a great team here at Farmington and, uh, we have, uh, we all have crazy ideas at times. So, uh, not every idea can be implemented. And, uh, so a lot of time for the staff, they just want to know that, you know, they're being heard. And I think that's one of the biggest successes with this. And, uh, we were able to go to go over different ideas, um, you know, at the staff lineup, which was really helpful. And even if something was implemented, we can mention it at that staff lineup so that, you know, we appreciated the idea, but, you know, explain the reasons necessarily why it couldn't be implemented. Mm -hmm. And again, that for them just being heard that, uh, that also went a long way. Absolutely. And have there been any sort of unexpected outcomes with something like this? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, there was a lot of ideas at first. Um, so we definitely had to prioritize those ideas. Um, there was some low hanging fruit, which was great. Um, some simple things that, you know, if it was uh, a service station could be reorganized or, you know, the shelving could be set up better for the staff. Um, those type of things were really helpful and, again, went, went a long way with the staff. Um, you know, we had to remind staff, too, that there was just, you know, we needed a little bit of time for certain things, for certain ideas. It mm -hmm. just couldn't happen overnight. And then, uh, you know, uh, we also had to you know, Tatum rotated out of the grill as part of her rotation in the AMID program. So we had to make sure that, uh, you know, we had someone else that took ownership of this after Tatum left and that next assistant manager rotated in. That's very cool. Is there anything else about this initiative that we haven't covered that you'd like to share? No, I mean, I think we've covered it all. Again, it, it, I mean, it's very simple, but again, going back to just making sure staff are heard. Um, you know, we always try to do regular meetings with our team, uh, especially the grill staff. Uh, we offer breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's an operation that's open from 7.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, So, and that's seven days a week. So it's, you know, it is hard at times when it's fast-paced to really find that time to sit down. Mm -hmm. So this, although it sounds very simple, just went a really long way with the staff. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of great ideas. We have uh, had some successful theme nights uh, with, with our staff ideas and um, you know, they really get behind it because it was their idea. So, uh, stuff like that really goes a long way. Cool. Okay. And one qu more question. What is your favorite, yeah. what's the, f like your favorite idea that's come from this box full of ideas that you guys have, have been able to implement? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, this is where we're going to have to pause and you have to give me a second to think. That's okay. No worries. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had a, a couple that were, uh, so the menu cards, um, 
and this is, I know this is not, this isn't my favorite, but uh, the menu cards that we have set up in our uh, POS system, mm -hmm. just the reorganization of those, uh, again, went, it just, it, it went a long way because it, it made the service staff, their life so much simpler. Mm -hmm. um, it saved them, you know, 10 seconds when putting in an order in, but when you're putting in, you know, 40, 50 orders a day, um, you know, that amount of time just really saves in a big way. So, um, you know, that was, that was something that I think, um, you know, as managers, you're not necessarily putting in as many orders through the POS. So to have your staff live that day to day and be able to offer that kind of suggestion, um, and for us to really just take the time to process it and figure it out and how to make it work. Um, it's simple, but it goes a long way and saves a lot of time. For sure. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, it's just like 10 seconds here and there, but that does add up significantly by the end of the day. And you yeah, one of, one of the ideas, and I guess this could be one of, uh, one of the favorite ideas that came up was that, um, you know, and it wasn't even grill related. It was more club related. We have our food truck here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the staff were, you know, mentioning, you know, we have our Monday night burger night at the grill, which is very successful, but you know, doing like a Tuesday night taco truck on the lawn. Um, I think Joe's probably talked about this before, but um, we just, it's very simple, but had a pretty simple menu with uh, about four or five different options and just rolled the food truck up on the lawn, set up lawn games and encouraged the families and members to come out. And I mean, we, our first one, we had over a hundred people show wow. up for. So that was very su successful for a Tuesday night um, when you're typically not as busy. Oh, for sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, we come yeah. for Taco Tuesday. Oh, for yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not that far away, so <laughs> we're no not. All right, Melissa, we have our next field trip. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Building well, on site. Yeah, I think that wraps us up. Melissa, do you have any other questions? No, thank you so much. We loved hearing about how this idea really boosted um, team morale and empowered your employees and, and generated some great new ideas. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Okay, I think that wraps us up for it does. October. Looking forward to November. We have a Absolutely. busy couple weeks coming up. Um, we have student conference, which I'm excited about. And I think while I'm at student conference, we're going to be doing a little bit of recording for the podcast for next month. What else are we covering next month? Absolutely. As well, we're going to have a guest to talk about building your personal brand and how that can help you uh, with your career management. So cool. very excited to, to have that, um, have our guest next month. Yeah, I think it'll be an important conversation, um, especially as we move into the fall. I know at least for our students, you know, like anyone who's a graduating senior is starting to stare down the barrel of <laughs> graduation and what comes next. So the conversation around building your brand and building your network um, it's going to be a really important one. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. As always, we love hearing your feedback and any ideas for future episodes. So if you have something you want to share with us or if you know somebody who would be great to talk to, please reach out and let us know. Um, we're always looking for new interviews and new ideas to share. So I think that's everything. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple um, podcasts. You can find us on SoundCloud. We post every new episode on our website as well. Um, until next month, I'm Kyle. I'm Melissa. We'll talk to you soon. Take Bye. Care. Bye.